Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing? Good, Dan. How about you? <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. That's good. We don't want to hear him anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) That'll wrap it up for this show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's a fact. We don't want to hear the complaints. We don't want to hear Absolutely don't want to hear complaints. Absolutely not. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Dan Schwartzman. And now, sitting in for Rich. Hit the drop. It's Dan Schwartzman. Hour three of the Rich Eisen Show. I am Dan Schwartzman in for Rich. Rich, of course, with the crew here in New York, actually, at Lincoln Center tonight as they look to take home a Sports Emmy Award back to the West Coast. Good luck to Rich and the guys. Whole hour to go here. A lot to get into. I've allowed the PGA Championship to marinate in my mind as to what we witnessed before I wanted to talk about it. And there's kind of two conversations to have when it comes to viewing the PGA Championship. One is, all right, great that there's parity in golf, right? Where you have guys winning majors for the first time, or in the case of Justin Thomas winning his second major. He also won the PGA Championship back in 2017. Will Zalatoris would have won his first major. He had to settle for a, a runner-up, which he was also at the 2021 Masters. Uh, you know, you had guys that were vying for their first. It was fun to kind of see younger guys all the way down the stretch, see who can kind of put up with the pressures, who couldn't. And Tiger Woods, on the other hand, people had high expectations based on how he looked. But in the end, he, you know, after three rounds, he decided to withdraw a little leg pains. Okay, but what does that mean moving forward? Robert Lucetich, he, of course... The author of the Tiger Woods bio, Unplayable, joining us. And Robert, look, I'm not, I would say, a golf fan per se. I'm a Tiger Woods fan. I'm one of those guys that has followed Tiger since his youth, and it led me into watching golf events, especially the majors. And I'm just wondering, like, when you saw the reaction people had during his practice round, how he looked, he looked bigger, stronger, looked great. Is it fool's gold? Are people trying to grasp anything to hold on to the Tiger from the past? Is that how you view it? Uh, hey, Dan. So, uh, look, I mean, um, the thing with Tiger is that he has uh, done a very good job, frankly, of uh, of outpacing expectations uh, throughout his life, right? So uh, the more you tell him, uh, the more the more you think he can't do something, he, he'll, he'll then go and do it. And, you know, there's very few sporting figures that have been able to do that. But let's remember, he is, you know... Um, closer to 50 than he is to 40 and he will 
uh, not be, he, you know, he, he, he's very much in the twilight of his career, but, and with a, with a body that's a lot older than, yeah. than his ears, right? It's, it's very beaten up. Uh, lots of surgeries, lots of problems. And, but what he does have is, you know, he has that uh, amazing sort of intestinal fortitude and he, in a sense, he brings a lot of the expectations on himself because of the things that he's done. And, and, and a lot of times he does uh, say things like, I mean, I've been listening to the guy for, you know, most of his life and he'll say, right. he's never going to say he's not going to win. If he shows up there, he's there to win. So if you, if you ask him, do you think you can win? What do you think he's going to say? He's going to say, yes, I can win. Now, being realistic, uh, <clears throat> you know, did he have a chance to win at the Masters? Maybe. I, I don't, I don't, I personally didn't think so because there's no preparation. Uh, obviously, walking a course like Augusta National, far hillier than you would imagine, than, than, than it seems on TV. This Southern Hills in Tulsa, he won there in 07, but it was 500 yards shorter back then. So it was, and it's been redone. So, a very different course, and he was a very different person in 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 2007, obviously 15 years ago. So, I I believe that you've got to temper expectations. Is he? You know, the, the thing is, he's neither uh, <clears throat> the great comeback hero, nor is he, uh, you know, the guy that uh, is, is you know is, is sitting there uh, trying to hang on without really being competitive and, and having the juice. So he's somewhere in between. And I actually do think that at the, at the British Open in St. Andrews, I think we'll know more about where Tiger Woods is as a golfer than, than we do certainly now. I don't think we really learned anything from last week. It was cold. It was wet. It was long. His injuries, <clears throat> clearly his, his, his injuries were bothering him. And uh, nothing really came together for him last week and, and it wasn't in his favor but if he if he gets a sunny week in scotland which is always a challenge uh on a very very flat golf course like st andrews where he's had success twice right. won the claret jug uh you know i i would say hey why not one why not see if he could find the fellow that he used to be the problem is, Robert, and we have well, the U.S. Open coming up next month, then it'll be the, the Open, as you said, at St. Andrews, which he said is his favorite course. But the problem to me is he's going to excite us with a great round here or there. But to win a major, you pretty much have to play at least three great rounds and sometimes all four great rounds. And you mentioned the fact that he is closer to 50, but he's got the body of like a 60-year-old at this point. The fact is, any confidence, Robert, that he can actually put together four rounds back to back to back to back to where he is in contention there on hole 17 or 18 at, at a major coming down the stretch. I just can't believe his body's going to allow that. Well, and again, this is the, the, we're, we're talking about horses for courses, right? So is he going to show up to a big ballpark uh, and, and with, with you know, cold weather? No, no, it's not going to happen. He's, he's uh, you know, I mean, Rory was hitting at 30, 40 yards by him. By the way, Rory was hitting it by everybody, but still, right. <laughs> uh, he was hitting it a long way by Tiger. Um, and, you know, Tiger is just, he's not the guy he used to be. But like I said, neither is he Willie Mays, you know, uh, drop and fly balls. So I, I think the narrative for Tiger is very unique. It's a very unique one because Tiger is unique and golf is unique in that you could be, you know, you could be, I mean, my God, I, I was there at, uh, 
Turnbury when uh, Tom Watson should have won a major at 59, which I still think would have been the, the greatest sports story of the century. Uh, incredible to think a 59-year-old man could beat the best uh, at, at anything in, yeah. in, in sports, you know. But now, can Tiger do that? Yes, he can. Does he have to do it every week? No. Will he do it every week? Not a chance. Will he even play every week? No. But he will pick his moments, and I believe that St. Andrews, to me, is the one, you know, it, 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 it is a, it, I, it's certainly not an easy course. I don't want to say it's an easy course because it's not. But uh, it's, it's, it's a strategic course. And the, the one reason why guys like a Tom Watson can compete at the age of 59 and Tiger can compete now is that it really doesn't matter what club you take to get to a certain distance. Okay, So if the, if the play is to hit at 240 yards, maybe Dustin Johnson hits a six iron and Tom Watson's hitting driver. Who knows? You know, three wood or something. But right. uh, to, the, the play is to get into the place you need to be to hit your next shot. And nobody, I mean, with the exception of maybe Jack Nicklaus, nobody has ever been as good as Tiger Woods at plotting his way around the golf course. And let's not forget that, in, the, in you know, he, he won a major by 15 in 2000 at Pebble Beach. Still probably, I think you could, you'd have to say, the greatest performance ever in golf majors history. But the next month, he showed up at St. Andrews and he won by eight. And in those four days, he did not hit it in a single bunker. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is just, I mean, that's insane. So he, he has that ability to find a way to make things uh, happen. And, you know, that, now am I, am I saying he's going to win? No, not at all. But, but he can be competitive. Can he be competitive? Yes, I believe he can be competitive. And, uh, and I think he does too because this, I don't see – I've known this guy for a very long time. I, mean, I just don't see him very much like Jack Nicklaus. And, and this is what separates them from somebody like Arnold Palmer. You know, Arnie always thought he was one four-iron away from being back, even when he was right. in his 70s. You know, he just was like, <laughs> I, I almost got it. I'm almost back. You know, whereas, uh, you know, and, uh, Jack looked around and said, if I'm, if if I'm going to start shooting scores with an eight in front, uh, I, I'll see you guys later. And uh, he was not interested in being a ceremonial golfer. And Tiger Woods is not interested uh, in being a ceremonial golfer either. So, uh, and by the way, I just checked this. 112 bunkers in, uh, at St. Andrews. Wow. Imagine going four rounds, four rounds, and, and being you know, pretty much the longest guy in the field, and you still didn't hit it in any of them, and you won by eight. So um, I think that, again, I'm not here to tell you Tiger Woods will be back. I, I, you know, I believe that he will have a few moments over the over the next number of years. I, do, I don't think he's done, and I think he feels he's not done. So that's the more important thing, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, I remember being at uh, in Memphis for uh, Tyson's fight against Lennox Lewis, and and you know, it was obvious Tyson knew he was done, and uh, and, and 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 you know, Lewis basically, uh, you know, beat the crap out of him, but. <laughs> Is Tiger Woods there? No, I don't think he is no. there. I think he's, I think he's got something still that he feels like he can he can give. And remember that you know he'll be playing the Masters for a long time yet. Yeah, and that's a golf course that he knows he's been successful at. 
And I think the narrative of 2019, how, you know, how did that guy win the 2019 Masters? Uh, that, that, that's just one of those amazing things. I was there for that, uh, and, and I still can't believe it, frankly. So, you know, I've learned never to say never with Tiger Woods. Robert Lusatich joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. Robert, of course, wrote the bio for Tiger Woods, Unplayable. Now, golf's known, at least for a decade here, that at some point Tiger's not going to be Tiger, and he has made this sport a ton of money. He has brought it to the forefront a lot of times in terms of curiosity and intrigue, no question about it, to people that weren't golf fans like myself. They've had time to prepare. Tiger Woods walks off tomorrow. Where is golf in your mind? I mean, where was it before he came? Um, you know, I think it goes back to being uh, a sport that probably doesn't have <clears throat> the same uh, cachet, probably won't won't have the same uh, sort of Q ratings because in Tiger Woods we were talking about we're talking about a guy that transcended the sport. And, you know, people ask me, you know, is he a, do you think Tiger's a once in a generation? No, he's a once in a century character. Yeah. I mean, that's how unbelievable that guy was. And, and, and in, in, at his, in his pomp, we won't see, I don't think we'll see another one in, in my lifetime. And so, you know, we should enjoy what we had. And then golf will always be golf. I mean, the, the people who love golf will still love golf. And there'll be a lot of people who will look at, uh, you know, Tiger in, in the way that, you know, maybe that you could say, did Gretzky leave a legacy in, in outside of ardent hockey fans? Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, I live in Los Angeles. And uh, plenty of uh, people that are now, you know, guys that I know in their 30s and 40s, they loved hockey because why? Because Wayne Gretzky came here, and yeah. he was the greatest. So I think when you when you have somebody a figure like that, it's only good for the sport. It'll only grow the sport. Um, but you know, it, it's just too much to ask for anyone for a Rory McIlroy or a or, or a Justin Thomas or a, just anyone to come along and say, okay, you get to wear, you know, heavy, heavy lies the crown, you know. Uh, yeah. so you don't, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to do it because it w there was a perfect storm that created Tiger Woods and the perfect storms don't, you know, don't show up all that often. You know what, but Roberts, what's interesting to me is it's always good to have that one dominant figure in a sport, right? You love him or hate him. You have that one dominant figure in tennis. It's going to be Djokovic. It's going to be Federer, Nadal. It's going to be Serena. And what I'm saying is, you know, golf thought they had that probably with Rory who had a nice stretch. Uh, Jordan Spieth had a nice stretch. Brooks Kapka had a little stretch. You know, they, they, they're still searching for that one guy who's going to consistently be there at the end of tournaments to where he's not Tiger Woods, obviously. He's a, as you said, a once-in-a-century type of talent. But is there anybody that you see right now in the sport that potentially could be that guy who can have sustainability of success that we have not seen really in this Tiger Woods era besides Tiger and maybe Phil to a point? No. <laughs> Very None. quickly, uh, wow. let me just get, let me just uh, make a, you know, no, there isn't, <clears throat> there just isn't. And, and, you know, you, listen, I, when, when Greg Norman won three times <clears throat> in a season, it was, it was amazing. I mean, three wins in a season used to be something special. And then Tiger comes along and his, you know, he's averaging five. So, I mean, imagine that the guy that spent, uh, you know, 
I don't know what Norman ended up doing, probably six-plus years at number one in his yeah. career. And he would win three times in a year, and people would jump up and down and, and say, wow, that's amazing. But, uh, you know, the, the reality is Tiger is such an outlier that, um, you know, look at a guy like, I mean, and, and I'm, this is not to pick on anybody, but, you know, John Rahm for a minute, he just couldn't, he couldn't finish outside the top three or four. He was in every tournament and, you know, and then things happen. They fall away, you know, people fall away. And, uh, uh, Morikawa was the, was the next one. And then, you know, you know, or Justin Thomas or a Spieth or a Rory or, you know, Xander Shoffley. I mean, these, it's, you know, DJ, I mean, I can go through the list. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just impossible, um, to have the single mindedness that it, re- that it requires to contend week in, week out. You can you you have got to be basically obsessed, and Tiger was obsessed, and that was what he did. The fact that he didn't, you know, I mean, he went seven plus years without missing a cut. That's it's just it's in, it's <laughs> insane to think about the things that the guy did because every I mean, think about you know your life, my life. You have weeks where you're just not, you know, you just you're not, it's not in, you're just not up for it. You know, yeah. just, things are going a lot of on. Times. <laughs> the family, the wife, you know, it's just you're not up for it. It's moving. You know, you're not going to have a good week, and you, you've got distractions, and you miss the cut. And that happens to everybody. But who didn't that happen to? Tiger Woods. Tiger and, Woods. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, Bryson DeChambeau. Remember when he was going to be the next Tiger? I mean, he's, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just we, we've got to get off this next Tiger narrative. Although, like, you know, look, I get why people want to say it and want to believe in it, but it's just not real. Not real. Robert Lucetich, it's unplayable. The Tiger Woods bio. A lot of fun, Robert. Appreciate you hopping on the show. Great stuff. You got it, Dan. Take care, man. Awesome stuff. Robert Lucetich. I'll tell you what, he's absolutely right. There isn't any there isn't anybody. And we keep grasping potentially. Oh, Bryson, yeah, like he put on all his muscles. He's hitting four hundred foot drivers. And then what? He's his body's already breaking down. What does it mean, though, for Phil? I mean, Phil is kind of out there, but not playing. I got an interesting thing to say about Phil. I'm going to tell you next, because he's in a tough spot, right? The PR game. But does a golf fan truly care? Would they rather see you know Phil out there, or are they upset at Phil for his comments in terms of Saudi Arabia and potentially leaving the PGA Tour? You know, I want to get you into know, that I, next. I went, yeah, go ahead. I, I did the uh, PGA Championship here for Westwood One over the radio over the weekend, and the fans were just... They were, they were calling for, for Phil. Wow! I mean, they want him. They want him on the tour. Well, let's get. Let, I want to get into that next because that's that's a big thing. Phil has always been the next guy, right? Lefty for some reason has always been beloved by the gallery. They love him. Can he come back after all this? I'm going to get to that next. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen on a Tuesday right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. 22 past the hour it is a Tuesday here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich. Tiger Woods withdrawing after three rounds of the PGA Championship. I am a Tiger fan, not a golf fan. I watch because of Tiger Woods. I watch the majors. And while my brain says Tiger's just not going to be there at the end, my heart hopes he is. You know, It's nothing to do if I like the guy or not. It doesn't even matter. You know, I don't know if Tiger's a good guy. You know, you can talk to a bunch of different schools of thought on that. I just admire what he does on a golf course. Now, and that brings up the whole Phil Mickelson situation. Now, Phil Mickelson has been in isolation ever since the excerpts from the upcoming biography came out where he talks about that offshoot tour, uh, tour that Saudi Arabia is backing. And, you know, Phil talks about how he doesn't really care about Saudi Arabia's uh, really bad history of human rights abuse because he can use them trying to start their own tour to try to get more concessions out of the PGA Tour. Now, did Phil show out to be a, a selfish guy? Absolutely. Did I expect anything less? No. You know, Phil Mickelson is selfish. Okay, people are selfish out there. But you said it, Art. You were working the PGA Championship for Westwood One Radio. Yeah, we covered and- the long-form programming for... So we had all the play-by-play and everything, and you could just listen and and hear all the you know people wanting Phil, and they were really rooting for Tiger. And that that brings up this next point, which is as much as look, I I think Phil is clueless in a sense, and what I mean by that is, even if it's a biography, whatever it may be, there's some things you probably shouldn't say, and. We know Saudi Arabia has an an abysmal record when it comes to human rights and journalists and what they did to that Khashoggi guy at the embassy in Turkey, okay? I mean, it's it's, it's terrible stuff. You know, and that is important stuff, and you should show that you have a heart and you care about what happens in the world, and Phil Mickelson apparently has neither, to be honest with you. And look, I'm not a Phil fan. I always never, I, I, I never understood why he's so beloved in the sport of golf when, because what, he talks to people on the course or this or that or acknowledges them when everything else you hear about Phil is he's not the greatest dude, right? Like, it's not like Phil Mickelson is 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 a Mother Teresa out there, yet for some reason golf fans love this guy. I mean, love, love we just picture beloved. him. Well, we picture him as the lo- lovable loser, you know? He's always second second best to, to Tiger. Yeah, but he's not like a good dude, you know? It's funny. I I never understood it. It's like a sympathetic love of Phil, I guess. Oh, he wins the Masters and he wears his green jacket going through the drive-thru of Krispy Kreme. Okay, who cares? I mean, that was like a story. Remember that one? 
I, I, I don't care. Like, okay, what does that mean? So he wore his green jacket and went to Krispy Kreme. I would do the same thing. I like Krispy Kreme. Nice airy donuts. I love it. Their glaze stuff is great. If you tell yourself it's fat-free, your body believes it when it digests it. I just made that up, though. Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't really happen. I tell oh, the wife for me. all the time. <laughs> exactly. The wife is a, is a health nut. I'm not. And whenever I order something or she catches me, because I, I like to hide uh, sweets in my studio, because I always assume she doesn't go in here, which isn't always the case. And she always finds the candy and stuff I hide and tell her, no, 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 I need it for work, you know, that kind of thing. But she knows better. And then I tell her when I get like sweets, it's because it's fat free. My body digests it as if it's fat free and calorie free. And she laughs because at this point she knows it's not true. And she wonders why I get a little heavier every day. But anyway, my whole point is this, okay? Phil Mickelson needs to come back and play, and here's why. Because I really don't think the average golf fan cares about his comments. Unless you really thought Phil Mickelson was a choir boy, I don't think you really care. And I don't know how to couch this to make it sound any better, but I'm going to try here, Art. But Phil Mickelson isn't advocating murder. He is not actually killing anybody or doing anything. All he is saying is, I'm a selfish guy that wants to make more money. That's all he said. So he's not a good dude, but there's levels of being a bad dude, and I don't think Phil Mickelson's level is high. You know what I'm saying? He's not a crook out there. He's not a criminal out there. Yeah, he may gamble a little too much here and there, and there's issues with that, and there's a behind-the-scenes stuff, but the reality is Phil Mickelson is putting himself in self-isolation, not playing these tournaments. Why? Because he said something that people deem to be not popular? And yeah, what he said was dumb and stupid and selfish, but should he be sitting at all these tournaments? Again, the average fan showing up to watch the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open or the Open in England, probably doesn't really care. If Phil Mickelson's walking down the course, I don't think people are going to be booing him holding up signs. It's not going to happen. He's beloved. So who's he sitting out for? The media? Does he really care what other people out there think outside the golf community? I don't think other golfers have thought of him as some saint anyway, so I don't think it's like Phil Mickelson's got to worry about you know, being isolated. I know somebody said Phil wasn't missed at the, uh, the, the, the PGA Championship dinner or whatever the heck it was. I don't care. But unless you really thought he was this awesome guy and you're a fellow golfer that thought he was an awesome guy, do you really care? I, I don't think people do. And at some point, unless Phil Mickelson feels that he's never going to play again, he's got to come back, right? So does he come back on British soil so he doesn't have to deal with the American media? Maybe that's the thought here. I don't know. But at this point, why is he sitting out? Who's he appeasing? And does he think that if more time passes between those comments being released and him stepping forth on a golf course and having to deal with cameras and microphones, that the impact's going to be any different? All he's doing is he's prolonging the inevitable, right, Art? Like, regardless of when this is, he's going to get questions about it. He might as well just get him out of the way now. Oh, yeah. Go absolutely. out there and play, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sure. Because you know he's going to get hit with the hard question in, in the press yeah. conference. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen tomorrow, or it's going to happen three months from they now. They have to. They have to ask him because he's never answered it. Yeah. 
He's got to they, they listen. They have to ans- ask the questions. He's got to face the music. He's got to prepare a statement, whatever it might be. But all people are going to care about is Phil Mickelson on a golf course, and he's not getting any younger. So your chances to see Phil Mickelson play competitive golf are getting less and less by the day. So, again, this isn't about is his statements right or wrong, okay? Because, again, what he said was insensitive and heartless, but it's kind of what I expected from Phil Mickelson because I was never uh, under the illusion like some golf fans that this is some some saint, that he's going to be sainted at some point in his life. But Phil's 51 years old. He's going to be 52 years old next month. And there comes a point where Phil Mickelson, who, by the way, did win a major just last year. He won the PGA Championship, was not there to defend it this year. You know, it comes to a point where you say, okay, he is who he is. He's a flawed individual. By the way, Tiger Woods is an incredibly flawed individual, right? I mean, Tiger Woods. So Phil Phil Mickelson says something wrong and insensitive. Tiger Woods went out there behind his wife's back with multiple women, porn stars, whatever it might be. Tiger Woods was, you know, eating at restaurants and not paying and saying, I'm Tiger Woods. I read any one of the books about Tiger that shows his other side. It's not like Tiger was some good dude. He wasn't. Apparently, he's gotten better over the last couple of years. He's calmed himself down. But Tiger Woods was not a good dude. And yet, People forgave him and didn't care. And I think for Phil Mickelson, it's the same thing. The pressure on Phil Mickelson, to me, is not coming from the golf community. It's coming outside the golf community. So unless he has decided to call it quits and retire and end his career with 57 tour wins and uh, six majors, I would hope Phil plays the U.S. Open, the only major, by the way, Art that he has not won. He is tied for second place at the majors at the U.S. Open, I believe, like six times in his career. He's won the Masters three times. He's won the U- the the Open once. He's won the PGA Championship twice. He's never won the U.S. Open again. He's not getting any younger. And then that's the next major coming up in June. Yeah, exactly. So is he going to play or not? And is his comments going to continue to haunt him? Isn't America a forgiven society, right? We've always been a forgiving society. I would hope. By the way, he's won 47 PGA Tour uh, events. Not 57. 57 total tournaments. 45 PGA Tour ones. But my whole point is, what exactly is he waiting for? I'm, I'm, I'm just baffled at this point. I thought he would play at the PGA Championship. I thought he would be there. Um, you know, I, I thought that it would be the case. But I was wrong. Art, betting man. Not that you are, but if you were, is he playing the U.S. Open or is he not? If I was a betting man, I'd say no. I think he waits to the British. Really? So you think he's going to come back kind of overseas, maybe do a, a, a an overseas course leading up to the British, to the Open, just so that he kind of gets his feet wet again? You think that's what it's going to be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's going to face the media here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually agree with you on that. I, I just, does he not realize cameras travel though? <laughs> you know, there's something called the airplanes, and yeah, reporters exactly. can hop on them, right? I mean, it's not the hardest thing to do. Book a ticket on uh, British Airways. You can show up there too. St Andrews, we know where it is. All I'm saying is, come on, man. It, it's it's you know, it's time to come back. Golf needs Phil. They really do. 
And wouldn't Phil be like, like, I'm not a wrestling fan. My daughter's a big wrestling fan, but is this like a guy going from being one of the good guys to turning heel? Is that what we're seeing here with Phil Mickelson? Like the beloved Phil Mickelson is now a heel? Is that possible? Uh, I think the fans will still cheer for him. They're going to love him. You're right. That's the thing. They're still going to love him. Regardless, they are going to love him. The average golf fan does not care. The other interesting part about our conversation uh, with uh, Robert Lucetich is the lack of having a dominant Lucetich. Lucetich? Is that right? Yeah, Lucetich. Lucetich. Very hard name. But our conversation with Robert Lucetich is the fact that you don't have that golfer who is going to not just dominate, but just at least be in contention every tournament, right? Like Rory seemed to be that guy for like a three-year stretch. David Duvall before him had that. You had Jordan Spieth who had a couple of years of just really good runs, winning like three majors in a couple of years. Brooks Kapka, people thought Dustin Johnson would turn that corner after he won his first major, right? Bryson DeChambeau reshapes his body, wins a major. Okay, he's going to be that guy. Just haven't had that. And really, it's Tiger and to a point, Phil, right? Like, Phil would always give himself a chance to win. He usually would finish second, but, you know, he'd at least have a chance to win. He'd be in contention in his prime in pretty much every tournament he entered. We don't have that right now. Now you have a number one named Scotty Scheffler. No offense, but outside of diehard golf fans, Scotty Scheffler ain't putting fannies in the stands, right? Like you're not getting more advertisers because Scotty Scheffler's number one and won his first major. It's it's there. I I wonder what golf is going to be after Tiger. Does it take a step back to what it was before, which is you were either a golf fan or you weren't? You see, at least Tiger opened the door to where you could be a Tiger fan and not specifically a golf fan. That was me. That is me. I'm not a golf fan. I don't sit there and every Thursday to Sunday watch a golf tournament. You know, I, 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 I enjoy a major, but I enjoy a major if Tiger Woods is playing. Outside of him not making the cut, then I'm kind of just watching for work. So I know what's going on. But there's no enjoyment, no excitement outside of watching Tiger. Because I guess I'm still living in that strange little world where I think Tiger Woods can still do something amazing and shock us. And we say, ooh, and ah, and can you believe he did that? And you pick up the phone and you call your golf buddy and say, man, did you just see Tiger do that? It's incredible. And I think what's going to happen here is, you know, moving forward, Tiger's going to obviously limit his schedule more and more. And I think what we're going to witness is Tiger Woods is going to just play the four majors and maybe uh, a couple of rounds leading up to them just to get himself ready. One of those tournaments that lead into the major, you know? I kind of think that's where we're going to be with Tiger Woods. I, I don't think and don't expect Tiger Woods to be extensively traveling around the country and around the world playing in tournaments. He doesn't need the money. You know, when Tiger Woods wasn't playing due to injury, he was still raking in unbelievable sums of money just in endorsements, right? And when the whole thing happened where his now ex-wife like chased him out of the house with the golf club, he got in the car accident, he lost some sponsors, but very quietly they all came back pretty much. Very few stayed away. Regardless of wins and losses, Tiger Woods is that rare athlete that continue that continues to have an impact, who can still sell products even if he doesn't win. Him and Michael Jordan, absolutely. Him and Michael Jordan, you're right. 
Michael Jordan hasn't picked up a basketball and played in a game in decades, and it doesn't matter. He can still sell you something tomorrow. And Tiger Woods, who can win a tournament here or there, and surprise us to win a major here or there, can still sell you golf clubs and sell you underwear and sell you whatever the heck he wants, regardless of the fact that he doesn't have the results on a course to put himself in that position. And I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. Tiger Woods tells me Callaway's are the best or Nike's are the best. Guess what? I'll believe him. Why? He's Tiger freaking Woods. What else is going on in the world of sports? We'll wrap things up next. Dan Schwartzman filling in on a Tuesday for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We wrap things up on a Tuesday. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen Show here. At Rich Eisen Show is the Twitter handle. A lot of people to thank for today's show, but uh, a lot of news coming out today. The NFL is discussing what to do about the Pro Bowl. Every year it seems to be the NFL has this discussion, and there's a really easy answer here that they seemingly are allergic to, and that is get rid of it. It's that simple. Like, get rid of the Pro Bowl. Outside of gamblers who use it as one of the last two games along with the Super Bowl to be able to wager on the NFL, there is literally no value to the Pro Bowl. The players don't want to take it seriously because they don't want to risk injury in a Pro Bowl. You're also shorthanding yourself because anybody participating in the Super Bowl is not playing in the Pro Bowl. So the two best teams standing at the end of the season, their players, and there's going to be a lot of good players on those two teams, hence their Super Bowl teams, those guys aren't even there. Do we even need a Pro Bowl game, which or, is the or worst? Or do, do you play the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl? But they used to do that. No one cared and wanted to play in that either. So like out, like you know, I like baseball's All-Star game. I think the NBA All-Star game is a joke, but people like it. NHL is always a fun little All-Star game too. The Pro Bowl far and away is the worst of the four, right? It is the worst. And it's understandable. Guys don't want to get hurt. Like, there's not guaranteed contracts in football unless your name is Deshaun Watson. So you kind of want to make sure you stay healthy. There was that terrible story about Robert Edwards, the former running back of the Patriots, the first-round pick out of Georgia years ago, 
In his rookie year, rushed for over 1,000 yards, went to the Pro Bowl festivities, and injured himself severely playing in a, I think it was a beach flag football yep. game. Yep, it was beach. Beach flag football, right? And he was never the same. Sat out a while, tried to come back, and was never the same, and did not have the career he would have had if he had not gotten injured that we thought he could have. And there was an outcry then to, to ban the uh, Pro Bowl. And that was like 20 years ago. So, yeah, uh, obviously, guys don't want to get hurt playing in a Pro Bowl, a meaningless game. It's one thing to get hurt playing in a Super Bowl or in a playoff game or even a regular season game, but to get hurt in the quote-unquote all-star game, no thank you. So why is it still around? I, well, I you need an all-star. I mean, you just just name the all-star team, and then that's you it. You do anyway, right? You have all pros and you have pro bowlers. You can still vote. And by the way, pro bowl voting is a joke. It's real. I, I, honestly, there's nothing dumber than pro bowl voting. Let me give you a couple of examples, okay? Let me give you a couple of examples here. So Mitchell Schwartz was the longtime offensive tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Do you know he was never named a pro bowler? But he's a four-time All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, was a first-team All-Pro in 2018. So a guy who had never been named to a Pro Bowl was named an All-Pro, which is a much more prestigious thing, by the way, and much more serious voting. He was named a All-Pro four times, but couldn't once make the Pro Bowl. Something wrong with that there, Art, right? I mean, that's something wrong, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Rodney Harrison's another guy. Rodney Harrison, all-time great safety. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, but a three-time All-Pro. And one of the years he was named a first-team All-Pro, 2003, guess what? He didn't make the Pro Bowl. And by the way, the time he was a second-team All-Pro in 2004, he wasn't a Pro Bowler either. So, it's a joke. Uh, let's not kid ourselves. I, I I don't understand why we even have a Pro Bowl. I know guys want it because they get bonus money, right? Some of these contracts have it in there. But I, I, look, keep you can still have guys being named Pro Bowlers. You don't actually have to have the game. Now, the NFL has played a game since 1938. They've had festivities around the game. They've had challenges. They've even had uh, a dodgeball, from what I read. They have skills competitions. Maybe just do that, Art. Why not? Like, wouldn't you rather have like quarterbacks? Remember that TV show that used to run on TV on weekends? It was like the quarterback challenge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be like in Hawaii, right? And you'd have like the big-name quarterback. I remember watching Steve Young against like Jim Everett, against a couple other guys. And they would have like the moving targets and things like that. And they would talk a little smack. And it was cool. It was a great show. It was like baseball had that home run derby, but not the all-star home run derby. I, I just think that's a lot more interesting to me. But like, what do you honestly. do for defenses, though? Well, they don't play defense in the game anyway. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, what? You want to do, like, times off the line? How quickly you get off the line as a pass rusher? I don't know. I don't care. Do we need to have defensive players doing anything? They can run the 40. I don't care. Like, what does it matter? Hey, we don't look at, I mean, look, outside of sacks and interceptions, what do we look at defensively that we're like, oh, that's amazing, right? And even interceptions, six. very rarely. Yeah, pick six here and there in a big sack, but that's it. It's not like a running back breaking a play for 50 yards or a wide receiver catching and running for 70 or a quarterback throwing an unbelievable pass 65 yards down the field. Money right there in the breadbasket, right? It's different. No offense to defensive players, but... 
people don't care about it when it comes to skills competitions. It's like the NHL, right? You have guys who are great defensive players, but who cares? People want to see the fastest skater, hardest shot, things like that. I think it's the same thing with the NFL. I don't care about some middle linebacker's ability to go sideline to sideline. I don't know how you put that into a skills competition, nor would I want to watch it. So I'm being I'm being completely selfish here, Art. Absolutely selfish here. What I want to watch. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I have not watched the Pro Bowl in years. Literally in years. And I don't gamble, so I'm not watching the Pro Bowl strictly as a gambler, as I know a lot of my friends do. Again, they're not watching because they care if the AFC wins or the NFC wins. They care because of point totals and individual statistics. Prop bets. Prop bets. Exactly right. Did a guy do this? Did a guy do that? And yeah, I guess if you're a young player and you get voted to your first Pro Bowl, it used to be something where you go to Hawaii. Remember back in the day, the Pro Bowl was always in Hawaii. You could take your family. It's a free trip to Hawaii and guys would love it. But now it's like what? Orlando. No offense to Orlando. I've been to Orlando. It's not exactly Hawaii. So, anything special being there? No. Anybody can hop a flight for a you know, round trip for 150 bucks to Orlando. It's not going to Hawaii for a week or whatever it is on the NFL's dime. It's lost any sense of lust, luster. It, it's lost any sense of being relevant. The NFL's discussions right now on the future of the Pro Bowl need to be the alternative to the Pro Bowl, what exactly can we do to honor players and have something fun for fans to watch? How often do you hear fans on a Monday after a Pro Bowl going, oh man, did you watch the Pro Bowl? Can you believe what happened? That was awesome football. Oh man, I got to watch a replay of that tonight. No one cares. The only talk will be, man, thank goodness the AFC won by five with that four and a half point spread. Man, I want to, I want to hunch, you know? I mean, that's all it is. So there you have it. My thoughts on the Pro Bowl. Worthless. Get rid of it. No one's going to miss it. Sayonara. Avita Zane. Goodbye. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista. You going to miss it, Art? You big Pro Bowl No, fan? I never watch it either. Yeah, you're, Why? you're right. You're a football fan, though, but you don't watch it. Why? Because it's pointless, right? Yeah. Nobody hits each other. And it's, it's Okay, so let me, all right, you're worthless. a diehard Raiders fan, okay? So when you have, like, Khalil Mack, okay, or Max Crosby makes his first Pro Bowl, he doesn't have to play in the game to validate the fact that he's a Pro Bowler, right? No. In uh-uh. your mind. Right. Not it's at just all. being voted a Pro Bowler. So if he if Max Crosby is voted a Pro Bowler next year, but doesn't actually partake in a game, it doesn't cheapen the fact he's a Pro Bowler. He's still a Pro Bowler. Yeah, absolutely. Still gets his bonus, whatever it is. So there you go. There you go. No one cares. A lot you of just them a it. lot of them fake injuries anyways to to get out of it. Yeah. So unless the NFL wants to incentivize it to where, like, if you get hurt, you get, like, a $20 million insurance policy, then fine. Guys aren't going to, you know, partake in it. And by the way, it doesn't bother me the way that it does in baseball. You know, in baseball, when the big-name guys don't partake in it, I do get bothered. I really do. Because your chances of getting hurt in baseball are far less than in football. And I do like the All-Star game in baseball. I do find it to be interesting. I do find that people care. Uh, I think baseball fans really do care about it. I do get into it. I always wish that the biggest home run hitters do partake in the home run derby because I think that's fun. Like, there is value to that, right? Like, I, I like I like that. I really do. Like, I'll tell you right now, okay, Art, I know you, you like baseball. What are you, a Dodger fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this year's home run derby, if it's Aaron Judge, 
Giancarlo Stanton, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and let's say Vladdy Guerrero. That's like must-watch TV, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But if it's Anthony Rizzo again and Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro and Eugenio Suarez, do you care? No. No. Right. So it does bother me in baseball, for instance, when you don't have the best of the best playing. I do like to see that happen. Football, again, I don't care. I just don't want guys to get injured. That's all I care about. We want to thank Brian Mahoney, Howard Balzer, and Robert Lucetich for joining us on the show today. I'm back tomorrow, by the way. Good luck again to Rich Eisen and the crew tonight as they hopefully bring home a Sports Emmy Award. I'm Dan Schwartzman. Back tomorrow, filling in for Rich Eisen right here on the Rich Eisen Show.